Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Move over, boys. It's time for She's on the Mic with Bethany Bowman on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome into She's on the Mic. I am your host, Bethany Bowman, here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Obviously a very somber last couple of days here in Kansas City. What was supposed to be a day of celebration, a very joyous day to celebrate the Chiefs and their back-to-back Super Bowl championships turned into tragedy very quickly with gun violence and a shooting down by Union Station at the rally. I was down at the scene. A lot of chaos ensued. I'm still trying to process exactly what I what I saw, what I experienced, and my heart goes out to everyone involved, everyone impacted, and those that are now dealing with the repercussions of something that never should have happened. You know, someone's life was lost. It's just so hard to imagine exactly what took place yesterday on, again, what was supposed to be such a celebratory day. Someone that was there with me from WIBW, Vince Loverjean. Vince, thank you so much for being here with us. To talk a little bit more about this, you know, we were having such a great time yesterday. We were on the the riser, the, you know, media area and the crowd behind us. People were having so much fun, you know, swag surfing and hearing Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick and everyone else from the Chiefs organization speak. It was an awesome day until it wasn't. But again, thank you for being here and we'll talk through this just a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Bethany, for having me. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we were up on the riser there and, and just enjoying a beautiful day compared to last year when it was frigid cold, 60 degrees, sunny. You could see the players were having a blast. You know, again, you know, Super Bowl champions back to back years, first time in almost 20 years that's happened. So, of course, history there um, and just turned into absolute chaos. And as soon as the music stopped and, and as soon as the players stopped talking, um, you know, you heard something that it wasn't normal. Um, you know, a lot of people, when we talked to some witnesses and, and talked to some people outside of the stadium or right outside of Union Station there, um, they were saying that they heard fireworks. And then, you know, then it became more uh, prevalent, I guess, if you want to say, of if they weren't fireworks, they were gunshots. And, you know, when you're up on that media riser, you know, you're kind of in a vulnerable spot because you're wide open, you don't know where they're coming from. And then you see people kind of running away, but then you see people kind of walking normal. That was what was kind of um, just interesting because people weren't all running at the same time. But then when you heard a couple of more gunshots, then everybody started running everywhere. And then I know there was several hundred uh, police officers. They were running around trying to figure out what was going on, where this is happening. And then when you saw the the police officers running, I mean, sprinting into Union Station, 
you're thinking, oh, boy, is there somebody in Union Station where there's other people in there? Um, but then we were told that there was no active shooter inside of Union Station. And then you just see people grabbing each other and, and trying to find cover and take cover. And other media people that I saw that were there were hiding underneath their sets or below their sets or somewhere just to find shelter. And as you mentioned, something that was supposed to be so fun and turned out to be great all day until right after the parade turned into just absolute mayhem. People trying to find cover or shelter to get out of that situation and never would have thought that you'd have ever um, experienced something like that, especially at a parade of all things. And, um, you know, first time I've ever dealt with something like that, and, and it's scary. I mean, you know, you, you hear it everywhere else, and, it, you know, then now it's when it's in your backyard, it hits, a little, it hits more at home because you're like, it, it's just scary because you don't know where to go and, and what's happening next. And so, yeah, definitely just a, a very, very sad, scary, terrifying situation. Again, is what you mentioned, Bethany, what was something supposed to be celebrating another Super Bowl title. Yeah, you mentioned the officers, and I want to commend them and, you know, all of KCPD, KC Fire Department as well, and just everybody that came together and did what they could. Um, so much bravery. Even, you know, we're seeing now a video of fans tackling a supposed suspect. And, um, you know, I just, I just can't imagine. And like you said, like, we never thought we'd experience something like this I, I think that's it for me it's just like you know wow you see all this and it just doesn't really become real until you know you see it happening in your own city and, and you're down in the chaos you know for me I know I actually left the riser a little bit earlier than you and Todd Levo of Sports Radio 810 WHB here and I headed down to you know see if we could get a couple extra p pictures or videos um, down by the stage and uh, they were kind of blocking off um, our path back to our vehicle. And so we did enter Union Station. Uh, you know, we've heard now that there was no shooting in Union Station, but uh, I do believe um, heard reports of maybe a popper going off in there. Um, I can confirm that when I was in the building, someone screamed that they're in here, get out now. So I actually took off running from inside the building and uh, out into, you know, open space once again. And I believe at that point, then the shooting was done. Um, but it, it really makes me wonder. It's just so tough for the officers to know, you know, in a crowd that large, it's just great work by them to, you know, apprehend Again, supposed suspects here. I know that they do have three people detained. Uh, two of those were confirmed this morning to be juveniles, very sadly as well. Um, you know, young people committing an act like this. But great work by everyone involved to, you know, just figure out where this was coming from and to um, be able to narrow it down in such a large crowd to, you know, a specific area, because I had no idea where anything was coming from. You hear gunshots, but, you know, things are faint. The music was blaring at one point, I think, when it initially started. And it's really hard to, you know, try and figure out where to run or, or where to go. No, exactly, Bethany. I think you hit it on the nose there. The police officers did a wonderful fantastic job and they were trying you know and, and they're in a frantic situation as well you know trying to 
help as many people as they can with that large of a crowd that they had there yesterday, and I believe probably more fans than what there were last year. So for them to be able to, you know, take over the scene as quickly as they could, and you mentioned that video that um, somebody or a couple of people tackled one of the possible suspects that was involved in this. Um, I think they did a terrific job, and, and them trying to, you know, organize just everything and, and trying to get people to the most safest spot as possible, and especially us as the media trying to gather information and, you know, w- what's going on and, and, you know, what can you tell us. And it was so early on, you know, they don't know, and you could tell some of them were stressed out. And, you know, the the one sad part was is, is right outside of the riser uh, when police told us to get off the riser and, and to, you know, move more south of Union Station, I saw, I, moved, I think it was a, a lady um, was laying on the ground, uh, huddled up by, you know, family or friends or whoever it may have been, and holding her neck. And then saw her get taken off on a, on a stretcher. So, yeah, that was just, that was not something you would ever want to see out of anybody. And to see that at a parade and to see her get stretched off like that and, and other people just frantically running around trying to, you know, tell people like, hey, this is where to go. Don't go here. Um, that was not, you know, something you ever want to see. And, um, again, thanks to all the police officers that were there. I believe they said it was over 800 police officers and law enforcement of all kinds were there trying to keep people safe and uh, just a terrible situation. And, and some of the kids that were there and, you know, moms, dads, you know, grandpas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, whoever may have been, just trying to celebrate something fun. And, and a lot of these people, from what police are saying, were children that were, that were hit by gunfire. And to how somebody said it, you know, they were trying to see their heroes up on stage and turn into that. So just, yeah, terrible, you know. And, and I did an interview with my old station back in Indiana because they knew I was there, and, and they asked me to explain what was going on and I just basically said there's still sirens going on, there's police everywhere, there's people, there are caution tapes everywhere, police tape. And so very, very chaotic trying to understand what other people were seeing. So not something we'd ever expect and and just trying to still comprehend why. You know, I I think that's always the question is, is why, you know, and just still trying to sit here and understand why this happened and, and just try to under, you know, just understand what happened. I, I, I'm just kind of a loss for words because it's just like, just why I, I think that's the biggest thing is why. I understand. I'm definitely feeling that same way, Vince. Uh, you know, I do want to honor and um, just say my heart, my heart goes out to the family of at least one confirmed dead and, Lisa Lopez Galvin, her picture circulating on social media. Police Chief Stacy Graves confirmed that today in the presser as well, um, naming her as Elizabeth Elizabeth Galvin. Uh, you know, I just I can't imagine for her family, and you know, if if they're listening, I, I'm sorry, and I I don't know why this has to happen to to good people. You know, they said today in the press conference that. We're still learning more about her. She was a local DJ, but we do know she was beloved. You know, I think she was part of the Bishop Miege community. And 
uh, I just I, I lost for words for sure is, is the best way to put it um, because this should never happen to, to anyone, let alone, you know, a great person that was celebrating in their in their city for a Super Bowl championship. And, um, you know, just know that my heart is, is breaking for anyone that that knew and loved her and um, just a shame. It's perfectly said, Bethany, a shame, and, and my heart goes out to everybody that was affected, and, and you just try to, you know, you, you, you try to help these people however you can. And, and, you know, something that really, I think, hit me the most was some of the fans that were behind me. We did a quick little, um, you know, stand-up, if you will, to kind of illustrate, like, hey, look at all these fans behind me. And, um, you know, I gave them a heart afterwards, like, thanks so much for, you know, being such good sports and, and you know, being wonderful to us and, and being on camera. And I told the people that were right in the front row that could hear me, I said, you know, please be safe. And they all said, we will. And then I don't even, maybe two minutes after that, that's when everything happened. And I was, that, I think that hits me more out of anything because I just told them to be safe because they were such kind people and they were laughing with me and, and all kinds of stuff up on when I was up on the riser there. And when I when I told them to be safe, and they were like, "We will, we will," and everything, and then that, that happens. So I just hope, you know, some of those people weren't involved. You don't want anybody involved in that situation. Um, just yeah, very horrifying and sad. And I bet they, I imagine you had people probably reach out to you. I had my phone was blowing up, Facebook texts, anything you could think of. Like, are you okay? I'm hearing the news. Are you okay? And it was nice to hear people you know, reach out and, and see what was happening. And, um, you know, people know my journey of, of being in television and moving around in Kansas City. And so it was really nice to hear people ask if I was okay. And just they were saying, I'm so sorry and just terrible. And you should never have to deal with something like that. And um, so, yeah, it was um, a very hectic day that shouldn't have been. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Vince, for being here and um you know appreciate your strength and collectiveness here to to talk about you know an event and a day that i will definitely never forget it's one that i hoped that you know we'd never experience definitely never thought that i would experience firsthand um i want to end with um casey police still saying you know they, they said today it's an active investigation uh no arrests actually have been made as of um you know this morning but hopefully we'll learn more today i think they have till 2 p.m to uh roughly 24 hours from you know when they were detained to um, arrest these individuals if they feel they do have um enough involvement in the situation and enough evidence and all of that kind of thing um, but they are still looking for video eyewitnesses anyone who has any information and has not yet, you know, reported that to police, please call this dedicated line, 816-413-3477. Um, you know, the more the better. The more we can and can find out about this and piece it together and try to, you know, bring the situation to justice, even though, it, you know, it doesn't feel like that when so many people were affected. But, you know, doing the best we can to try and get this all figured out and let the the police do the do the work that they do so well. So, yeah, just hoping that everything can um, get more figured out here in the next couple of days. But, Vince, seriously, appreciate you 
very glad you're safe and your team is safe and um you know hope to see you soon at a sporting event and have it be you know joyous as it should be but i appreciate you thank you so much Thank you, Bethany, for having me and then letting me jump on your show. And thank you. And glad you and, and Tom are safe as well and all your team as well. And, yeah, let's hope the next sporting event that we see each other at will be a little bit better than what we experienced uh, just yesterday. That was Vince Lovergene, WIBW. Thank you again, Vince, for being here to talk about such a tough topic and a tragic time here in Kansas City. We'll be right back here on She's on the Mic Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're tuned in to She's on the Mic with Bethany Bowman on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back into She's on the Mic here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm your host, Bethany Bowman. We just got done talking with Vince Lovergene, WIBW, someone that was down at the parade alongside myself yesterday when tragic events unfolded. You know, it just feels weird to even talk about sports here on the radio the day after something like this. And, you know, I just want to reiterate again how much my heart goes out to anyone impacted by this, to any and all victims, their families, you know, anyone recovering in the hospital and just so hopeful in my heart that those victims can make a full recovery and that there will be you know a lot more good news in the days to come unfolding from this tragedy that should have been such a a joyous day a celebratory day to celebrate the amazing football franchise that is the Kansas City Chiefs we have here in our incredible city i was able to record an interview on tuesday before the tragic events unfolded. And this is a good friend of mine that I went to college with. He is now working with the Kansas City Chiefs as a pro scout. And in the midst of so much tragedy and and bad news happening here in Kansas City, Anthony has such a great story of hard work, perseverance, and getting where he's at now. And so I'd like to now bring him into the show this evening. Anthony, thanks so much for being here with us. We're going to get into, you know, a little background and, you know, how we know each other here, but just appreciate your time. Obviously, congratulations to you and all of the Chiefs organization. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, really excited. and It's been a minute for, for you and I to, to talk and catch up. So this is um, just a great time. Um, and I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on the show because uh, for anybody listening that doesn't know, we both went to Emporia State together. You were on the football team and uh, just awesome to see what you've been able to do in your professional career, past college and wow, I mean, three time Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs. I guess you're the lucky charm. You joined the Chiefs and then three Super Bowls. Yeah, no, I try to I try to think I am, but no, it's uh, it's been a blessing. Um, and, and it's been a long journey, you know, even in college and, and coming into the, the NFL with the Chiefs. Um, you know, everything wasn't, hasn't been peaches and cream, but uh, hard work and determination, uh, it's really driven me it's, it, my whole life, honestly. And so this has just been a, a, a huge blessing in my life, and I'm having a great time. The work is beginning once again. I don't think it ever really stops for you guys because you're already starting your draft meetings, and I'm sure already had your eye on on several players uh, 
And so just tell us what it's like right now after all the chaos and all the madness and all the fun, um, just what it's like getting back to work. Yeah, it's uh, the work never stops. Um, you know, you turn the page and it's now a new chapter. Uh, and now we're trying to see how we can make this um, a three-peat for us. And so, you know, the day after we came home um, from the Super Bowl, we were in draft meetings the next day. And, and so that's the new season starting for us and, and we're on go. And, and then, you know, we had the, the parade yesterday and then now we're back in the draft meetings um, and it's a grind. And that's where we really, uh, all the due diligence that all of our scouts have done throughout the year, that's where everything comes to fruition. And, and that's where um, it's the power of the mind. And so, yeah, the, the grind never stops and we're on to a new season. And it's a blessing um, to win the Super Bowl and, and go as far as we have. Um, but it shortens up your off season just a little bit. So you now we're condensed, you know, with a little time and having to to really turn the chapter and start draft meetings. And, and here we are to the next season. Absolutely. Tell us uh, just kind of what it's like and, and take us through um, the process. If you could, I'm sure we could talk about that for a full hour, but if you could kind of condense it, um, you know, for you, what's the first steps when you go out, you know, what are the conversations like when you come back and, you know, you got your eye on a guy, you saw somebody you like, and how's it move forward from there? Yeah, it's it's a real detailed and intricate process. Um, but you go and you visit these schools and you go in and get to learn about these players well, more in-depthly about who the person is. Um, we all can watch the tape and we all can see the, the film, but we just try and go and see what kind of guy that would want to come and fit our culture. And so that's what we go and do. And then, um, you know, you come back and when we have these draft meetings, um, you know, our, our GM, Brett Veach, is real great with with letting you say your, your piece and how you feel. And um, it's a good fluid conversation back and forth. And all that work that you put in through the year, it's your time to shine uh, when you go and, and to talk about what you know about this this player. And from there, that's how we piece everything together and we make our draft board. For sure. What is the, you know, you say you, you're going out and looking for guys that really fit the culture. And, um, you know, I, th I know at Emporia State, Coach Higgins, big thing was um, our, our kind of guy, OKGs. Um, for the Chiefs, like besides strength, agility, all these things, the talent that we see the guys on the field possessing, what's the biggest thing that you guys look for? Honestly, guys that uh, can simply just fit our culture. Uh, you know, we have a, a real solid culture and foundation built um you know and it starts with our tops it starts with um clark hunt coach reed and veach and and that culture is simply uh playing for the man next to you doing whatever you need doing whatever you're asked to do um your time will come when it comes but right now i'm just going to do my one percent on the field off the field and just buy into whatever we do and no matter how hard it may be during training camp no matter you know the things that we do through the year, just being bought in a hundred percent. There's not any me guys on there on the team is everyone is on one accord. And when you have teams that win and have success repeatedly, you know, it takes a different kind of group of grown men uh, to come together and have one mindset, one vision and uh, just be united. That's, that's just kind of what we do. Um, and that's the culture that we're trying to, to look for when we go to these schools and, and we watch film and watch tape um, and just getting to know the players, the, the person, not the player.
For me, knowing uh, that, you know, the type of person you are, it's easy to see why you've had so much success in your role and what you're doing. But for you, what's the biggest thing that you've taken from your time as a football player and in athletics and, and around, you know, that culture? Um, you also are a graduate of Lee Summit West right here in the Kansas City area. So that's pretty cool, too. But, you know, what would you say you've taken the most from the experiences that you've had and what you can then, you know, tailor it to bring to the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, so I, I feel like, you know, many people know, you know, my story, my background. Um, nothing was ever given to me athletically. Uh, you know, I'm 5'7", and I played at, you know, a, a powerhouse high school and a powerhouse D2 uh, football uh, program. And so, you know, nothing was given to me at all, and I, I felt like I had to put my best foot forward every single day and work for what I, I wanted and had a vision. And at the end of the day, you're going to get out um, as much as you put in. And so that helps me here at the Chiefs. And, you know, I didn't start as a scout. I started um, in a part-time role in the Play 60 uh, realm of the organization. And from there, I just went and grew at different positions. And, and next thing you know, um, we're here now six, six seasons later. And so that was just simply me knowing I had a vision, just like I have my whole life. And to work hard and I'm going to get out what I'm going to put into it. Never going to be complacent. Never also going to forget where I came from. I had success in high school. I had success in college and, and here we're having success, but you know, there's never been anything that's been given. And I feel like I've always had to really hone in and work on what I truly wanted to get out of something. And that's just been me my whole life. And it's, it's been helping me now uh, through my years and, um, through the rising of uh, me with the Chiefs organization. Yeah, you said it. Success seems to follow Anthony McGee wherever you go. It's been awesome to see. Uh, what was that conversation like? I know you just mentioned that you started, um, you know, in a little bit of a, a different role. So um, when was, I guess, the the chance that you're the time that you got your opportunity? You know, who kind of told you that? And, and what was that moment like for you? Yeah, it was... Um... I had a few different roles uh, my first few seasons here at the Chiefs. And then um, the COVID year came, and that was where um, I was really uh, in contact with, you know, a few people still with the Chiefs and uh, some of my bosses, um, primarily Tim Terry, he was one. And I remember there was a day where um, we were unsure. We were just getting through that the initial COVID year. And so... Things were unsure on what was going to happen in the player personnel world. And one day uh, I got a, a phone call saying that they wanted me to um, uh, have an interview for a player personnel assistant role. And from there, I, that was just all I needed. And, and from there, we it was still COVID, so I couldn't have the in-person interview. So we hopped on a Zoom call and it was the entire um, personnel department. And from there, things just you know took it, it was just it felt magical in the moment um because it was just kind of everything that I, I had wanted to have happen finally happened and coming off of COVID and um you know that kind of downtime of you know the world and my life at the time um that was just everything and so here we are I got the call uh, that next week that I got the job and it, that was what that a time for me and my family, and and um, I've been so grateful for Brett Beach and everyone there, the organization, uh, you know, just for the opportunity. 
So I, I know you can't give much away and you're it, it, always working, like you said, but probably in some early stages as we uh, just wrap up the season and, and look towards this new one. But, you know, where are you guys at in, in the in the draft process as we get ready for that in April? Um, what are some just types of players you're looking for? Is there a need that the Chiefs are trying to address right now? Um, just anything you can tell us in, in that realm. Yeah, no, we we watch everybody um, in this next draft class, class everyone um, from first round draft picks, you know, all the way to uh, free agent pickups. So we we go and we watch everyone and we'll have draft meetings for, you know, about two weeks and you watch everyone, every position um, and you just you're ready for any wet, uh, worst slash best case scenario come draft day. You just don't know what predicament, what position you could be in. Um, and so you just have to be ready for all angles with all positions. Um, and so that's where we try and just make sure we do our due diligence. That's the thing. Like you don't want to skip over someone and then somehow you're in need come draft weekend. And we, we didn't even go over them. So yeah, we, we watch everyone. You go through everybody and you do the due diligence. Even if you don't are not in need of a position, you still have to do due diligence just because you just never know what could happen. So, uh, yeah, in this next two weeks, we'll, we're really honing in on this draft class and um, just seeing where uh, the cookie crumbles in the end of it. I bet that there are a few teams and a few guys in your position for other teams that wish they had done their due diligence a little better in Patrick Mahomes draft class. Yeah, Pat, he's, uh, you know, uh, a generational talent and um, having a guy like him on your team really helps um, the player and the person. And so, yeah, that he has been just a, a great leader for our organization, a great leader of men in the locker room. And I mean, that's just someone picks perfect person and player that, you know, any person, any team would want to lead their organization, be the face of the franchise. Yeah. He's been just a great, a great person and athlete for our guys. Are there any guys that, uh, and I know it's a very collective effort for you, and your role and all the people you work with. But, you know, I cover a lot of high school sports and I'm the first to say, you know, when there's like a sleeper guy and he gets an offer, you know, people start to take notice. I'm like, Hey, I knew about that guy. I was, I was high on that guy from day one. Is there anyone on the team that you're like, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of vouch for them, right? I saw something in them and kind of um, helped pave the way for them getting on the, on the roster. My area um, last year was the Virginia area, so um, I had to go in-depth in Virginia Tech, and, and we ended up drafting Shamari Connor, uh, the safety number okay. 27. So that was um, a, a good, feel-good moment because, you know, you, you put work in, you go to the school, you, you learn who the, the person is and the player, and then come draft time, um, just how it worked out with our picks and um, – you know, the who we wanted, we went ahead and, and drafted Shamari. And as you can see, he had a phenomenal rookie season. So that was um, that was great to see just, you know, from start to finish for this last season. Yeah, for sure. Probably very re rewarding. Absolutely. We can't skip over Andy Reid and the phenomenal coach that he is. Obviously, no one needs convincing of that. He is a legend. What is it like to work with him day in and day out? You know, it's awesome. Um, you know, Hall of Fame coach, and you see how hard he works. It's only an infectious feeling. It makes you want to be better every day. Um, to 
master your crafts or master whatever you're in front of that day. And yeah, I mean, there's, he's, he lives at the office. He puts the work in and the success that he's had as a coach, it, I can just see why. And, you know, other players that have, have played with him, they'll come and visit and we'll just talk nothing but good things about him, um, you know, from Kansas City and Philadelphia when he was head coach of the Eagles. He's just a great, a great person, a great guy, uh, has a great spirit to him and just a great aura. And just, you know, that that's just someone that you can never learn too much from. Um, he's just, uh, um, just a great person and a great worker. And he sets the tone for all of us. How about, uh, we'll get into some players here. Travis Kelsey, you know, all season, a lot of people saying, oh, he doesn't look the same. Ah, oh, he's slowing down. Ah, oh, it's not the same 87 as we've seen the last few seasons. Playoffs came around, and he put that to rest. He looked phenomenal. He looked just as good as he has been. What makes him such a special player? Yeah, he's right there with Pat, um, a great leader of men. And, uh, um, you know, he he's one that leads by example, you know, a lot of teams, you know, they might have guys that are over 30 that they might do, you know, veteran rest days, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, but, you know, to save and preserve their legs for game day, uh, a lot of people might do veteran rest days. You know, Travis has, to my knowledge, I have never seen him take a veteran rest day. He practices the way he plays. He practices every route hard, every block scheme, um, every play hard and 100%. Um, just like he plays in the game. And right there, I mean, you know, he's a Hall of Fame tight end. Um, who am I not to give my 100% all, you know, every day coming in? Uh, if we have a guy like him showing up every day, doing the work, putting his time in, giving his all every day, um, that's just something that just spills off to the teammates and his fire that he has. Um, that's just something is just, it's just uh, great to see. And I'm just, I'm just happy for them. I'm happy for the guys. Um, and just glad that they could all pull it off. How about uh, Trent McDuffie? Because biggest play of the game, besides probably the game winning touchdown was the third and four. He gets, you know, the big pressure. And that was obviously huge. I mean, that saved the game right there. Um, him with Jarius Sneed has been great all season. Uh, talk about those two guys. Yeah, McDuffie and Sneed. Uh, those two guys are, are are great individuals, very talented, uh, very mindful of their craft and, and their technique and their skill. Uh, and just like Travis, uh, those two guys, they work hard every day. Um, they put their all into it each practice, you know, walk through everything we have uh, going each day. Just like uh, Kelsey, those guys take no plays off. Those guys are 100% in between the lines and outside between the lines. You ask those guys, those might be the, one of the, the two smartest guys on the team, simply for the mere fact of the work that they do off the field, the the getting into the playbook, watching film, and it just translates to what they've done in between the lines. And when you have a, a one-two punch at cornerback like that, those guys are just, um, you just you're, you're glad to see it actually come to fruition on game day because you see how they practice. You see their preparation. And you see what they do during the week. And for them to have so much success the way that they did, um, I'm just I'm just so happy and grateful that they're on our side.
Absolutely. And we could talk about so many guys individually from Chris Jones and, and George Karloftis to the O-line to the receivers who just really turned it around and, and stepped up this season. Obviously it uh, didn't start out probably how anybody wanted it to, but um, you know, some huge catches from guys that people had written off all year just goes to show, you know, don't doubt the chiefs. And, you know, we joke a lot. We, we say never a doubt in all these wins. Right. And for you, someone that's within the program, you know, you're watching very closely, like you're seeing these deficits that, uh, you know, sometimes the Chiefs find themselves in and Patrick and company just seem to always pull it out. What is going through your mind? Is your heart racing during those moments? Yeah, I mean, we always, you always want to win every game. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we just like to say that, you know, come January, January football is very different. And so, you know, we need, you need the, the regular season to, you know, figure out your highs and figure out your lows. And we know we have the, the experience and the mindset that when it, when it really comes to when we need to turn it on, we will figure this thing out. And it starts with the leaders that we've talked to about already. It starts with those guys. They set the tone, no matter how low, things may get no matter how high things may get we have to show up every day still and put our best foot forward and it'll lead us to January and making a run um, and that's what happened this year and you know those captains those guys really stepped up uh, in a big way and and it just was an infectious feeling for the team and and you saw guys all across the board make plays um, January and February for us and so we always will will continue to try and put our best foot forward no matter what things may look or seem like, we know the kind of guys we have in our building. We know we had we had the guys in our building. We knew that the entire season. It was just a matter of us just getting there and showing up the next day, working, doing your 1%, and it'll eventually come. Uh, this is why I love Twitter because, um, you know, I'm actually scrolling right now, and uh, the things are always just popping up. So uh, I just love this app. But I'm reading this thing here. Uh, Barstool Big Cat tweeted it out, you know, one of the famous uh, Twitter accounts. And it says, Mahomes, since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least the fourth quarter. There was under a minute left to play and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. These are your standard clutch moments for a football team. The do or die drives that win and lose critical games. Out of those 125 drives, only 40% of them saw the team on offense pull off the magic trick and get the points they needed. Some quarterbacks are pretty good at it, such as Tom Brady, who went 5 for 11, 46%, or Drew Brees, who went 3 for 6, 50%. Only Patrick Mahomes, though, is 7 for 7, or perfect in those dire situations. That's crazy. That is insane. Yeah, that's that's an impressive stat, but I mean... it. I'm not surprised by it. Um, ultimate competitor, and uh, he wants to do what he can for the betterment of the team. So uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. He has, um, he just has that knack for just wanting to make the play for the next guy, and uh, seeing it through. And and the thing is, he's he's so composed. He's never shaken. Um, no matter how it looks, no matter how much time we have left, um, he's he stays calm, and and that makes everyone else around him feel the same exact way and, and we'll see it through as a team all 11 you mentioned uh when we talked about 
getting your promotion, um, that that was, you know, a magical feeling and kind of a surreal moment for you. But, you know, is there, is there a defining moment for you? I, I learned something when um, I did kind of a workshop under NFL reporter, Laura Oakman. Uh, she talked about, you know, instead of focusing your interview on what someone does, figure out, you know, who they are. She called it who not do. So for you, Anthony, who are you behind the scenes of your job and you know what was that big moment for you where you were like wow like this is really happening I'm not gonna lie it it doesn't even really have to do with like work it more so has to do with my son um just because he's everything to me and this was his first Super Bowl he attended and so when he when I saw him running on the field at the end of it uh running up to me um that was one of those moments that I was like, I did it. Like we did it as a group, as a unit, um, and just embraced him on the field. And I just sat there with him and I just cried because it was just one of those moments where I felt like hopefully that is a moment where he will always remember that my dad did it, you know, that the Chiefs did it. My dad is, you know, part of the Chiefs and that I hope that gives him an everlasting memory um, at his age. So, I mean, I've, there's been so many successful moments I've been a part of with this organization. Um, I don't think anything has been close to that feeling right there at the end, embracing him on the field, the confetti's flying over our heads, and I'm sitting there just crying, and he's sitting there just so happy and embracing me. Oh, I love it. That's so awesome. And not only is he the cutest little kid ever, I see him on the gram. Uh, he had to probably enjoy the trip a little bit. I mean, what, he's, is he four, five? He's five, yeah. Five, and, and he's he's already gone to a Super Bowl. What a lucky little kid. Right. He's going to one Super Bowl, and it'll be uh, two um, Super Bowl parades. Yep, yep, absolutely. That's so awesome. And then, uh, you know, I know it's all business, for the Chiefs and you guys are very serious in your preparation and, and that's what makes Andy Reid and, and all of you guys so great is is being so prepared but with your football background do you ever get a chance you know maybe before or after practice hanging around maybe get in a little action with the guys throw around the football a little bit again every now and again I'll try to you know <laughs> show off show off my hands or something here and there um you know it, it never leaves you and I get, you know, my, what I say, my fix in, um, you know, cause I'm around it every day um, at, at practice and things like that. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick around and try and, you know, make sure my hands are still working here and there and get a few catches in or, or things like that. So um, I gotta, I gotta remember to stay in my lane um, cause I'm getting a little bit older, but, <laughs> but I try to try to make sure my hands are still at least uh, up to par for, for what it was back when I was, you know, a younger spring chicken. I can't leave this out, Ant, because um, obviously everyone knows that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, they're the stars of the world right now. And personally, I'm just going to say I love it. Like you can tell how much Travis is, how much he cares about her and their embrace after the Super Bowl was amazing. Um, as much as I also respect that, uh, you know, he wanted to keep things like pretty private and, and between them, you know, he's also now embracing it and and showcasing, you know, his feelings for her, which is great. Earlier in the season, though, uh, I think there was a video that that went around and um, it was it was like, oh, the Chiefs players and their staff 
looked up in the box and saw Taylor Swift and, and you were kind of the focal point of that video. What was it like seeing an international superstar in the box suites at Arrowhead Stadium earlier in the year? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, the truth to that is we actually were not looking at Taylor. I kind of um, figured. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were honestly all looking at something else. And I think it just kind of just fit, you know, the timing and, uh, you know, her coming to our games or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, they're, they're thriving with their relationship. Um, and I'm happy for both of them. It, it's very happy. And, you know, to um, bring light to, you know, international stars, you know, not only her, but just the world. And um, we're kind of on a high pedestal right now. So it's just it's nice uh, just to see, you know, not only her, but others wanting to come to our games and, um interact with, with guys and uh it's just a good time for us right now and um where our organization is heading and then we obviously saw just how much kansas city cares about this team how supportive they are of everything that you guys are doing how much fun is it to be a part of an organization in a city like this where you know it's it's a city, but it's not huge you know we're we're a pretty small market it, it almost feels very personal uh, just between all the fans, I, I love it. It's it's for me the perfect place. I can't imagine for you guys and, and those close to the organization, you know what that means to y'all. Yeah, no, definitely the the city definitely shows out. Um, and, and you said it, you said it correctly. Like it's it feels so personal for me. It is. You know, I'm from here. Uh, I was a Chiefs fan my whole entire life, and so now me being a part of you know my third Super Bowl and. Um, the parades and things like that, the celebrations are always just feel that much greater because I'm, you know, I'm from here. And so I have so many family and friends that are, you know, that'll go. And it's just a great feeling, you know, which is something as a kid, I never really pictured or thought, you know, I would be a part of, or, you know, actually in. And so just that alone just feels, you know, just so awesome. And it just feels like a great, you know, just joyful time. Um, of just celebrating, you know, the hard work of all these guys, all my coworkers, you know, it just, it, it's just a, a fantastic time. The, sh the city shows out and it is just um, such a blast to be a part of. And hopefully it's not the last one. Before you got back to Kansas city though, obviously Super Bowl in Vegas, a city that didn't need the extra, you know, chaos and the Super Bowl coming to the city to make it just an incredibly fun place to be. What was this entire week like? And more specifically, I got to ask, you know, w without all the details, I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> you could probably keep in, but um, how was the after party? That's what I want to know. Yeah, no, being in Vegas, it was, it was, uh, it was really fun. Um, it was controlled, you know, how, how you may not think, but it was, it was controlled environment. Um, you know, we kind of stayed far out from the strip. So we were, you know, fairly focused. Um, and pretty locked in you know it's it, it's just interesting that like you see and hear like, all the stars that are like supposed to come and and everything like that and then um, get into the game it was kind of you know surreal I mean we've done it before but you know just seeing like other stars like you know Jay-Z and things like that on the sideline um, it's always a cool moment because they're here to see you guys' uh, hard work and dedication and the, and the guys uh, play at the highest level uh, and the the after party it was it was a great time um, we had uh, Ludacris, uh, the Chainsmokers, and Post Malone perform, and um, that was just a great celebration to have all of our family and friends and the whole entire team 
the whole entire organization there um, to just have, you know, one last, you know, final celebration, the night of winning the, the, the whole thing. So after the party was great. Uh, the parade was great. Uh, this has been, you know, such a, a fantastic year with a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, but we're ready for another one. Okay, I'm gonna let you go here. I promise. I, I I keep I'm not over this Super Bowl run, man. I keep thinking of more questions. <laughs> but uh, did you get a chance to see the halftime performance? You were probably very busy throughout the entire game. But have you had a chance to look back at it or anything like that? I actually I got to catch the the second half of it. Um, okay. Okay. And yeah, so I I saw the second portion of uh, the halftime um, performance. Um, yeah, it was impressive and. I believe he was like he was uh, Usher was rollerblading at one point, and yep. that was a, just an impressive performance all, all together. Um, not a you know singing, dancing, and, and rollerblading as well. Um, yeah, kudos to him. That was a, a great performance on his end. Yeah, I give it a, a probably a nine out of ten, at least maybe a nine point five. Nobody gets a ten out of ten from me, but um, yeah, great performance. I saw a thing, I saw a tweet. It was like the best part about getting older <laughs> is the Super Bowl halftime show is, you know, tailored towards you. Like, you know, Usher was great. That was like, that was like our generation, Aunt. you know, we're old, but uh, then now we can start enjoying the Super Bowl shows more, you know? Right. There's more songs that you can really, um, that really test your mental and you're like, oh my gosh, I remember when this came out. So yeah, <laughs> it's always, that's always a good time. And um, we, we, I could hear the music for the first half of it. So I could kind of hear, you know, some of the songs and, then uh, finally getting out there and seeing uh, the portion, the second half of it. Uh, yeah, it, brought, it brings you back a little bit. But, um, yeah, the older we get, and there's going to be more artists that, you know, we'll see. And it's like, wow, that was our childhood. So <laughs> it was a good time. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much. So great to catch up. I am so proud of you. I'm excited for you and the entire organization. And like you said, I know it's not done. Pat said uh, in his post-game interview, they asked, is it a dynasty? And he's like, yeah, it's the start of one. Uh, we're, we're, we're not done. We're going to keep going. So wishing you all the best of luck and we will talk again. I'm sure as the draft gets closer, cause I want to know, uh, some more details about that, but thanks again for joining the show tonight and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and uh, I look forward to next time. That was Anthony McGee pro scout for the Kansas city chiefs. And again, to Anthony and the entire chiefs organization, congratulations, hoping for many more in the years to come. That's it for tonight's show. I want to wrap this up here. The only way I feel is right. And just say that as much as it's been said and as much as it's been posted or written online, you know, that my heart breaks for anyone affected by yesterday's senseless act. We can stand together, Kansas City. We can overcome the hate and overcome the violence that was showcased yesterday on what was supposed to be such an amazing day stay strong check on those you love support those that you can that are dealing with yesterday's tragedy thank you so much for listening tonight next up is the home stretch with sterling holmes right here on sports radio 810 whb